Why is it important that we're trying to reunite now? Community is done in person. And you can't, Zoom is good for the, for the intermediate time, but it's not a substitute for real life interaction. And so in everything from the small churches to children's ministry to Sunday worship, um, we want people there so that we can grow together and, and grow together. It's so important to be united. Um, it's important to be able to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And um, it's important for our children to see that we are worshiping together and enjoying each other and enjoying God. The body stays healthy when the body stays connected. So what I'm excited about for our congregation more broadly is for those who have drifted away physically uh, and then perhaps spiritually is the opportunity to reconnect and to re-engage with the body and to start again using their gifts as they've been given by Christ in order to serve that body. In coming back and being present together, being united together in the room, it is different. It is me putting effort in to want to hear from God's word. It's an opportunity to, to listen to God, to hear God, uh, to, to sing. And sometimes, you know, Pastor Jeremy's talking about something, but God reveals something totally different. And, and that's because you're there. Maybe I'm fine that day, but maybe my friend is not, and we need each other. So even if I'm not here for me, I'm here for her. The worship service really is about all of us coming in together, worshiping God together, worshiping with giving, worshiping by listening to the word, and worshiping by responding with our life and then walking out of here and living out the truths that we've learned. Seeing everybody coming back together again, laughing, hearing everybody's voice, singing together, learning together, leaning in together. And this is just a really good time to refocus on what's always been taught in the Bible, and that's Christianity is done elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder. The more people you have in the room singing at the same time, uh, the more you can see that that biblical mandate being fulfilled of people addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. How much more perfect is that when you can imagine that our whole church, our whole family, is worshiping all at the same time to each other? When you start to gather together, I mean, the, the word for church in the New Testament, ecclesia, really means the gathered or the assembled or the assembly. It's all about getting together. And if we can do that at one time as one, then we're also fulfilling the vision that Paul lays out in Ephesians where he talks about the ultimate goal of all this, or the end goal is the unity of the body of Christ. And what better expression of the unity of body than to have that body unified in worship on a weekly basis. Amen. Good morning, Midland Free. Hey, my name is Pastor Jeremy Lobdell. Welcome here. Let me pray for us as we continue in worship. Father, uh, thank you. Thank you for today, Lord. And as I watch that video, I'm so encouraged by all the good people you've brought to your church and the way you've equipped Midland Free in the special way as your body, your bride here in Midland, Michigan. I pray, Lord, as we um, re-engage and reunite and reach out, that you would give us the wisdom and the grace and the kindness and strength and courage and forgiveness to be able to do so and help us to do so well beginning this morning in jesus name we pray all god's people said
Amen. Amen. I need a nice hearty amen to get me going this morning. Let's try it again one more time. God's people said amen. amen. All right. Now I'm ready. Um, welcome here. My name is Jeremy. If you're joining us online, thank you so much for continuing to be a part of the family here at Midland Free. Um, we're getting ready for the fall. And so uh, my typical process and my preferred method is just to preach from the word, just preach scripture, because I believe that the Holy Spirit says it better than I do. And I stick to his words, not my words. Everything's going to be okay. But we did need a little bit of a revamp and refresh on our mission and vision. The elders went through that process and then there was COVID and now we're coming out, Lord willing, hopefully. And as a result, we want to just recognize the fact that our society and culture and community and even our church has been fractured. It's broken and it's come apart and we want it to begin to come back together again. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to focus on that of reuniting, re-engaging, and reaching out. And so today we talk about our reuniting a little bit. You began to hear some of that in the video this morning and last week. And the question being asked is why? Why reunite? I mean, if we were in a shelter-in-place order and all of a sudden our amazing tech team puts together a really cool virtual service and I'm sitting down on Sunday morning enjoying a cup of coffee or maybe OJ or whatever and watching church and I don't have to get out of bed and I don't have to put on anything other than my pajamas, why? I mean, I'm saying it's pretty good. Let's just be honest here, right? It's not so bad. But I have to get up, brush my teeth, comb my hair, get dressed, see other people, and not so sure. Why? Why would I want to reunite and come back together again? I'm going to give you three reasons today, and those will be sort of the outline, and I'll show show you where I'm getting those. We'll come to the scripture at the end as we build this case, Um, but those three stops along the way are these. Number one, formation happens. Number one, formation happens. Number two, yeah. It's hard. Number two is yes, it's hard. And number three is but there's hope. But there's hope. Number one, formation happens. Number two, yes, it's hard. Number three, but there's hope. But there's hope. I want to show you a slide real quick. And the reason for that is so that I'm not guilty of plagiarism. Much of the first half of this message is just a repackaging of this most excellent article from Brett McCracken in the Gospel Coalition's website um, entitled Prioritize Your Church. It has a subtitle, but if you look up that, you'll find what you need to know. He's got a lot of great information in it. Um, And there's some good books coming out that I'll tell you about here in a second as further resources. But here's the thing. If if you want to know where the majority of the start of this message is coming from, some will be direct quotes, just me reading from his article. Others will be my insertions and some other places I'm drawing from. But I'll try to call those out so you don't think I'm just stealing his stuff and repackaging it. But good stuff. Here's his first point that he makes in this, this article about prioritizing your church or why we should reunite. And that is this, is that formation happens. Formation happens. Like it or not, better or worse, wherever you're at, you're being formed. Wherever you're at, you're being formed. You're being influenced. You're Your experiences, your information, your interactions, everything is influencing, impacting, and changing you. 
And one of the points that Mr. McCracken makes is that if we're spending most of our time reading scripture and investing in the life of the church, then we will be formed in one direction. However, if we are mostly on TikTok, Twitter, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and whatever else, we will be formed in another direction. In essence, what he's pointing out is the reality of our digital world, these bias-confirming bubbles that feed our daily habits. There's a new term for this. I just learned this week. It's called HOCs. Does anybody know what a HOC is? It's called a highly online Christian. A highly on, online Christian. There's beginning to be studies put out to see what sorts of influences are impacting highly online Christians. And the point that McCracken makes, I'm going to just read this. This is from him, not from me, but I agree, is this. He says, look, no YouTube video or Wikipedia entry can train us in virtue the way the church can. No Twitch stream or subreddit can create sustainable, edifying community like the church. No Twitter debate can help us love our enemies like the church. No activist hashtag can channel our righteous anger and longing to do justice and love mercy like the church. And I have one of these, so guilty, but he's right. No Spotify worship playlist can replicate the glory of embodied congregational singing. And no confessional vulnerability on social media, however real it seems to you, and however many likes it may receive, can be as satisfying as intimate confession with members of your church family. Are there a lot of good and helpful things online? Absolutely. But none of it beats the church. None of it beats the church. Here's the difference. Here's what happens. These, these things have good things, but the church has Jesus, the best thing. For whatever reason, in his infinite wisdom, God chose the church as the singular institution designed to take his gospel to the world. Here are some of the things that the church or regular participation in the life of the church can do from you, for you. This is from the Word and Life Study Bible. I actually recommend this Bible if you're looking for a study Bible. It uses the New King James translation, which is a bit dated, but it has excellent application and information. It says this, look, the benefit from being taught and led, we benefit from being taught and led and worshiped by others rather than Feeding on a constant diet of our own choosing. We need help to reflect upon the past week and see it not just as all there is, but instead a, a bigger step as part of a larger journey. We need regular reminders of our standing in Christ and help in acknowledging and confessing our sins and teaching about God's truths. We also benefit from hearing how others struggle and knowing that it's not just us, but everyone. We need the church because we not only need the core information, but because our God is a creator God. He is a creative God and we are creative human beings. Therefore, we need to experience him in an artistic setting that gives expression to the faith, such as music, poetry, prayers and creeds. 
we also even benefit from silence. We need help to face the issues of life presented through the lens of faith and not the doom and gloom around us. We need an alternative message to that of culture and society. We need a conscious break from the regular rhythms of work and our self-interest-driven pursuits. We need to hear the reminder of God's love. And let me say at this point, church, God loves you. Jesus loves you. And that's a big deal. We sing it as little kids and for some reason we forget it as adults. And yet here is the most important thing in your life and the entire world. That Jesus loves you. You can't get over that. You shouldn't get over that. Jesus loves you. You specifically, you. But not just you individually, you. But you, plural, you all, you, the body of Christ, whom he died for and redeemed, he loves. Jesus loves y'all. Jesus loves you. We need help. We need a community. We need the church. Now, let me be super duper duper candid and honest with you here. Can I do that? Nobody else is listening, right? It's just us. I'm looking at this message this week and I'm asking the same question myself. Like after all the hubbubaloo of COVID and all the yuck and all the muck and all the emails and all the complaints and all the gripes and all the opinions... I'm asking myself, can I really get up there and tell people it's better for them to come back to church? I struggled with that this week. I mean, I really struggled. Why do you think I'm pulling from other places? It was hard for me. I mean, I sat there and scratched my head and said, if I know what's really going on on the inside, if I see it from the other angle, And I understand all the dirt and sin and yuck. Not all, but some. Can I really call people to this? See, it's a lot easier to call people to Jesus. (laughs) He's perfect. He's our savior. He always gets it right. He never gets us wrong. But as soon as you get called to Jesus, all of a sudden you're called to the church. And the church? Not so much. The church will disappoint you. It will. It will let you down. It will hurt your feelings. And there's some people out there that have been hurt so bad by the church. I have no questions whatsoever why they do not remain. I get it. And yet, for whatever reason, God in his infinite wisdom chose this broken, fallen body to save the world. And I want us to be honest about that. When we call people to the life of Christ, we call them to the suffering. When we call people to the life of Christ, we call them to the church. And often that's the same thing. Sometimes we think that it's just the outsiders, you know, they're going to persecute us. But the greatest wounds often come from within. It's just like your family. The church is a family. The Bible calls it a family. And in your family, man... I mean, you love them to death, but they drive you crazy sometimes. And sometimes you hurt the people you love the most. And that is why we so desperately need on a weekly basis, a regular rhythm to continually confess our sins and come before Christ. If we don't, 
it, we all just shut down and lock it out. And that's not okay. But instead, here's, so number one, first of all, look, it's important to reunite because that's where formation happens in the church. Secondly, let's be honest, yes, it's really hard. The church hurts. The church just hurts. But thirdly, thirdly, there is hope. There is hope. Don't ever forget, don't ever forget the promise that Jesus gave the church. Jesus said, Jesus, the Lord God himself said, that the gates of hell will not prevail against her. They try. <laughs> Let me assure you, they try. And it feels like they get pretty close sometimes. But they do not win. God is good. God is in control. And Jesus wins. Absolutely. The gates of hell will not prevail against her. Now look, that doesn't mean that some Seattle megachurch might not fall. That doesn't mean that some international apologetics ministry might not fall. That doesn't mean that maybe even Midland Evangelical Free Church might not fall. That doesn't mean that the church in the United States of America might not fall. But that means that the big C church, the capital church, the global kingdom, the thing that God is doing to redeem his fallen creation and bring the gospel to humanity, that will not fail. The gates of hell will not prevail against her. C.S. Lewis says it like this. He says, the church will outlive the universe. The church, in fact, is the only institution on the face of the planet that God has ever promised success. We have government. We have health care. We have education. All important stuff. But those are not the things that God said would save humanity. The church, as you heard referenced earlier, let me be clear about what is the big church and the little church. Because we all, you know, we hear the church and we probably think different things. Some of us probably think about a building. Some of us think about a formal structure. Some of us think about some stodgy place. We all have different ideas. But when the Bible says church, what it essentially means is this Greek word called ekklesia. Kaleo, sounds like call, is to call. Ek is out of. And so when you put those together, what you get is called out of. Essentially what the church is, is this group of people that God has called out to redeem as a body for himself. And so when I speak of the big C church, I'm actually talking about like everyone, everywhere on the face of the planet who believes in Jesus as the only begotten son of the living God who died for their sins, was crucified, rose again on the third day and ascended into heaven and is coming back again. Amen. That's the church. But there's also Midland Evangelical Free Church. There's Christian Celebration Center. There's Calvary Baptist. There's Messiah Lutheran. There's this second, first, third, fourth, fifth, whatever street, whatever denomination church. 
There's a lot of little C churches out there. And you need to be plugged into one of your little C churches. Because that little C church is part of the broader body of church. And don't think because you're a little C church. That it's only a limited number of people. And isn't doing something that the mega church over here is doing. That you're not a good church. That's not true. Remember there's a big church. And not every little C church is called to do everything. We're called to serve and love Jesus right here in Midland, Michigan with the people we have, whoever that is. And if we don't have professional basketball players in our midst, we're not called to have a professional basketball ministry. Some people have come to us, staff and church and pastors and say, why don't we have an XYZ ministry? I'm like, well, we don't have an XYZ person. You know, well, I know a church in California. Well, that's great. They had a surfing ministry. Congratulations. (laughs) It's not going to happen here in January in Michigan. It's just not. Maybe ice fishing. But not surfing. Understand, there's a big church. And we are who we are. And we're called to do what we're called to do here in our community. And let's be faithful to that. The church... Is something that we have to love because we love Jesus. And as we love her, we learn to appreciate her. And there are, in fact, good experiences too. I mean, I, uh, you know, like I said, I'm on one side, but something happens and someone comes and they're there for you. It, it makes a difference. It really does. There are many people who could testify, even in this body, of how their community here at church came around them at just the right time and just the right way and made all the difference in the world. The church is a big deal. We know that through the flood. We helped, I mean, a lot of our people, both in our congregation and people in the community. The church is not perfect. It's dirty and it's messy. But what it does... And one author says in this article by McCracken, um, Amy Adams, what she says is this. She says, it is memories of the future. It's memories of the future. It's a beautiful poetic way of describing what the new humanity could be. Maybe not what it is now. You know, you listen to our mission and vision and our vision is, you know, to be this gospel centered family. And we want just idyllic vision where we're perfectly conformed to the nature of Christ, but we know we'll never get there. And so we got to move just one step, one step, one step closer to Jesus every single day. We're going to do that by enjoying God, embracing his word, and engaging his world. And that's why at this time, as we get ready for the fall, we want to reunite and come together and re-engage and reach out. That's why we're talking about, as you hear over and over again, the two-hour engagement. Because because of our culture, it's very easy for us to become movie theater Christians. I just made that one up. There's no studies on that one yet. But what we mean is you come in, you sit down and go out. And that may be important for you at some point in time. I mean, maybe you've been hurt and you're coming back in and you're not fully ready to cross into engagement. Okay, we get it. But if you've been here for a while and you've had the opportunity to process and heal, the next step for you is to get involved. It's important because we're not just a spectator sport. We are a volunteer-driven organization. 
Yes, we have paid staff. We have the benefit of that. But the reality is there's no way we could do what we do without the constant selfless service and sacrifice of our volunteers. Look at the people on the stage this morning. Every one of them was volunteers. That's brought to you by the service and gifts of the people of Midland Free. Praise God for that. Look, we are demonstrating what it means to begin to be the body of Christ. The church is a place for your flourishing. It is a place where you can learn to follow Christ, participate in his mission, learn to apply his word, and best order your hearts and lives toward God. Now let me answer the really, really obvious question. I kind of meant to do this a little bit earlier, but isn't this, I mean, the pastor is up here telling you how important the church is. Isn't that kind of like the used car salesman trying to sell you the car? (laughs) I mean, you make your living off this. What? Why would you say anything else? Let me tell you, don't do this, but (laughs) if you talk to my wife this week, you would know how much I struggle with this message. I can't, I just can't sell something if I don't really believe it. Like, it's hard for me. Like, if I was selling super cool cars, I think I could sell you them. Because they're really cool. But it's hard for me to say something with conviction or passion if I don't believe it. And I was struggling with this week. But what I came down to is essentially this. Look, trust in Jesus. Serve the church. Trust in Jesus. Serve the church. Okay. You love the Savior, and as such, you become part of his body, and you're part of the bride, and it's your job to serve her because you want to serve him. And you may, in fact, fall in love with the bride as he has, as you grow into it, but it's not easy at first. But if we're honest about it, we can say, yes, we love the Savior. We can love the Savior. We can love Jesus. As a result, we can trust him and serve the church. This then is where we get our hope. And let me just tell you what a biblical hope looks like. And then I will read Romans 12. And we'll get really close to being done. Romans 12. Um, in verse 12 actually talks about hope. And this is the last, the last point I want to make here. Yes, it's hard. We need to reunite. Because that's where formation happens. But there is hope. And hope is essentially this. Jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. Hope is the absolute certainty of the believer's victory in Christ. If it is true, if it is true, if, it, if what he says is true, then everything will genuinely be okay. If what Jesus says is true, then it will be okay. If Jesus is really risen from the dead, then nothing else matters. I mean, yeah, we could suffer terribly before we die, and people do. You know, I watched my dad go through Alzheimer's. Terrible. You would not want that on your worst enemy. But there is a resurrection. There is hope. And that means Jesus wins. Look, hope is believing in what we can't see based upon previous knowledge. Because Jesus is risen from the dead, then we look forward to our resurrection. He is calling us out. He is redeeming this people for himself. And that is the confidence that anchors our soul. And my confidence builds your confidence. And your confidence builds my confidence. As a result, we do not assume a negative outcome Instead, we assume a positive outcome. Do you know what assuming a negative outcome is called? 
anxiety. Assuming a negative outcome is called anxiety, but assuming a positive outcome is called hope. It is the expectation of good, the thing we're looking forward to. And what makes it real is the person behind the promise. See, if the person behind the promise is no good, if he's a shyster, then it's weak. But the absolute foundation of the perfect power and righteousness of God guarantees that this will come true even against all of our muck. Even against all of our messing it up. Even if we completely blow it, Jesus still guarantees that he'll win. And that's what's so good about this. We can be together, we can make a mess, we can upset one another, step on each other's toes, have to ask for forgiveness. And when someone says, how you doing, you can be honest. Say, man, it was a terrible week. (laughs) But Jesus wins. Sometimes I just say, by grace through faith, (laughs) you know, like I'm believing based on faith that God's grace is going to be enough. And so we believe and we have hope. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, Hebrews says, for he who promised is faithful. We feel sure of better things. The church is not there yet, but we need you to help us. Reunite, re-engage, and reach out. Let me read Romans chapter 12, and then we'll close. It says this, Romans chapter 12, the words are up on the screen. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not have all the same functions, so we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. Reunite. Reengage. Reach out. If it's prophecy in proportion to our faith. If it's service and serving. To the one who teaches and is teaching. The one who exhorts in their exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Look at this. Do you have a competitive spirit? Here's one for you. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord Verse 12, there is hope. Rejoice in hope. Listen to these words. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Are you losing hope in your tribulation? Maybe that means you haven't been constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Talk about different. Talk about different. Twitter, Reddit, Facebook. (laughs) Bless those who persecute you. And do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Listen to this. This is crazy, but this is Christianity. Repay no one for evil, but give thought 
to do what is honorable in the sight of all, if possible. Now listen, this is important for the church (laughs) and for your families and for my family. If possible, so far as it depends on you, recognizing the nature of fallen humanity, it's not always possible. And sometimes it doesn't depend on us. But if possible, so far as it depends on you. Yeah, well, he did, she did. No, 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 that's not, that's not your issue. As much as you can, live peaceably with all. And then this crazy statement, never avenge yourselves. Never avenge yourselves. Don't raise your hands, but how many of you watched movies based on the theme of vengeance? Something bad happens. The good guy has to make it right. The whole idea is vengeance. But leave it to the wrath of God. The wrath of God is real and it will come. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, look at how different we are supposed to be. If your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give them something to drink. For by so doing, you will reap, heap burning coals on his head. Now, this one overarching statement, if you remember nothing else, this is it. This is the theme for your life. This is the theme for life in the church. Do not be overcome by evil. But... Overcome evil with good. It's the exact opposite of what the world does. We feel sure of better things. Transformation happens in whatever circle you're in, you will be influenced. I think the best place to be influenced is in the church. Not because we're perfect. We're fallen just like everybody else. It'll be difficult. It'll be hard. Yes, but there is hope. There is hope because Jesus wins. The gates of hell will not prevail against her. So we get ready this fall. We want to encourage you to um, reunite, re-engage, and reach out. And you'll see some stuff around our facility that should help you to do so. One of them is this, this QR code. Uh, If you're into technology, cool. (laughs) If you're not, who cares? Don't worry about it. Just go back to our um, plugged-in wall over here. We've got a wall, and if you like like paper, you can pick up something there. And uh, whatever works for you, just find a way to connect. We've got our first-hour stuff. We've got our second-hour stuff. We don't want to be a movie theater. We want to be a body. We don't want you to invite your friends to an activity. We want you to bring them to Jesus. The one thing the church has, the guaranteed hope is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what separates us from the world. Trust in Jesus. Serve the church. Reunite, re-engage, reach out. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for Jesus, our Savior. Thank you that he's coming back. And I pray, God, that it would be soon. But um, until he does, just ask that you'd find us faithful. There's a lot of things you know, Lord, going in our lives, and they may seem very small to you, but they seem big to us, and they take our time and effort and energy. I pray, Lord, that we would spend our time and effort and energy in the right places, that you would transform us, remake us, and remold us to be more and more like Christ every single day. In whose name we pray.
Amen. Amen.